Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Digital Health Forward, a podcast dedicated to sharing the perspectives of healthcare leaders, entrepreneurs, and executives who are moving the digital health industry forward. I'm your host, Dan Zhu, and today I had a chance to reconnect with an old colleague, Tushar Mahotra. He is the Senior Vice President of Analytics at Optum. Optum, a part of United Health Group, is a pharmacy benefit manager and care services group operating across 150 countries. Optum's three businesses, OptumRx, Optum Health, and Optum Insight, focus on five core capabilities, data analytics, pharmacy care services, population health, healthcare delivery, and healthcare operations. Hi, Tushar. Good morning. Good morning. It's so great to see you again. Likewise. It's been a while. The last time I heard from you and saw you was 2017, I believe, when we were both at McKinsey. So tell us a little bit about what you've been up to since McKinsey. You've been at Optum now for a little over two years. Yeah, happy to. And thanks so much for having me on this. So I I left McKinsey in 2018. I can't believe it's already been two and a half years, but time time has really flown. I, I left McKinsey and I joined Optum really lead uh, the analytics services solutions um, and partnerships group um, focused in the payer and provider market. And so my role at Optum over these past few years has has really been across the payer and the provider market. How does Optum think about establishing partnerships in data and analytics um, with health systems, with health plans all across the market? And the teams that I oversee include a range of, if you think about the end-to-end spectrum of analytics, uh, data engineers, data scientists, uh, population health analytics folks, AI machine learning, social determinants of health. So really the end-to-end spectrum of how our clients actually think about analytics and the, and the value that you can get from it. And so it's been, it's been a really exciting journey for me. Uh, the biggest reason I made the jump was, was really my passion for the intersection of healthcare and data and insights. And I, and I felt that Optum was, was really the place that was driving a lot of the thinking and innovation in the space. And, and so for me, it's been a, a really, really great experience of being able to take what I learned uh, during my, my time at McKinsey and, and working with clients on some of the more strategic issues as it relates to digital and analytics. But how do we now take that and, and put that in action at a company with the scale and the size of Optum? And uh, it's, it's really been a, a very, very exciting time for me. And tell us a little bit about the transition from McKinsey. What was that like going from being an advisor to being the operator and executive at a very large conglomerate? Yeah, it's a great question. You don't realize when you're at McKinsey, it feels like it's a very large consulting firm. Uh, but making the jump from McKinsey to, to Optum was really eye-opening given <clears throat> Optum has over 200,000 employees uh, globally. And, and, uh, and so for me, it was going from a very kind of small organization in some ways to a, a, a massive kind of conglomerate that, that really had experts in all areas of healthcare in, in all domains and all functional areas. And so it was, it was a very interesting transition. It took, it took quite frankly, it took uh, about six months just to understand the lay of the land of Optum <laughs> and all the different business units. And then if you think about United Health Group, which um, also consists of United Healthcare, um, just understanding all the different groups and, and how analytics is kind of the single thread in many ways across how Optum thinks about these different areas. And so it was a, it was, it's been a great learning experience, very much so understanding how to work in a, in a very large matrix organization 
mm-hmm. um, that has a lot of very senior leaders that know healthcare better than anybody else that I've seen. And so from that perspective, it's been a great learning for me. Uh, the transition was um, took a little bit longer in some ways than I would have anticipated, just given the size of the organization. It's been a very welcoming place, and, and it's a place where I've learned a lot. That's so great to hear. Thank you for sharing. So there's UHG, UHC, OptumRx, Optum Health, Optum Insight. Help us understand what is Optum, what are you guys doing, and what does it mean to be SVP of analytics? Yeah, so happy to do that. So if you think about Optum, Optum is the health services arm of United Health Group. And as you just described, there's there's really three primary business units. So there's OptumRx, which is the PBM. There's Optum Health, which is which is our healthcare delivery organization. And then there's Optum Insight, which is our tech data services arm of everything that we do across the, the enterprise. And as you heard me describe earlier, data and analytics is really prevalent in everything that we do as an organization. And so if you think about uh, the different groups within Optum that actually focus on this, we have For example, our center of excellence, which is internally focused, where we build all of our AI and machine learning platforms and and models and do all the training in that space. We have Optum Labs, uh, which is focused much more on the academic side. And then we have all of our commercial groups that focus on all the uh, analytic products and solutions and data sets and partnerships. Um, and that's really the space that I, I oversee is around how <clears throat> how we establish partnerships with health systems, how we start as partnerships with health plans, how do we use our assets that we have? And so, again, this ranges from our qualified entity data, our claims data. How do we use that to um, help health plans and health systems think about their, their core problems around total cost of care, affordability, access? Um, and how can we enable change in the healthcare landscape using these analytic and, and data assets that we have? And so my role really is in that realm. Um, most recently, I've been focused quite heavily on the on the health system side, uh, and in particular, how Optum forms uh, large market f- performance-like partnerships with, with health systems over, over many, many years where we, where we support their analytic domains, their IT domains, their clinical domains, all, all of those areas. And, and, and my role in particular is how do we think about driving value in that space as it relates to analytics? That's really helpful as an overview. And so when you're working with these health systems, are you deploying access to different data that you guys have, or are you sort of using their data and helping them layer on analytics and drive insights? Like help me understand what the the product offering or the service offering that you're usually going to these health systems with? It's usually a mix of all of what you just described. So we have a number of data assets internally within Optum that we use for either benchmarking or assessing maturity or understanding a population or training our models. But mo- most often when we when we partner with, with external uh, organizations, it's, it's all about kind of making it specific to those organizations, their populations, their data, their claims data, their clinical data, all of that. And so a lot of it is us taking our information where possible, understanding how it applies to their specific geography, to their specific population, using their data then to do the specific analyses. And so there's very targeted analyses in that way that we get involved with. The other big area that we're we're really heavily focused on is analytics and and data isn't isn't necessarily a core competency for for health systems. And so, is there a world and a way in which we can help a health system or a provider 
focuses the tension on the core areas of care delivery by us maybe augmenting, supplementing, or even kind of taking on the role of being their analytics arm. And so that's another big area that we're, we're really focused on is how, how could we help them drive down their cost by us enable us running much of their analytic function and enabling them to focus on where they need to. Interesting. So over time, though, are you helping them build that capability in any way? Or is it sort of this longer term augmentation that you see happening? So some of it definitely includes um, building the capability. I think as, as a health system executive, one of the core questions that is often asked is, what should we really retain and build and mature versus what should we actually maybe find a partner to help us with? And so that is a unique question based on where you are in, the, in what geography and how mature you are, how important data and analytics is to you. I've worked with small regional health systems in maybe rural parts of the country where I think reporting and, and, and kind of the basic elements of data and analytics is the focus. And obviously, if you work with more advanced providers, um, such as Intermountain and others, uh, they've, they've invested in this capability for many, many years. And so their view of what they need long term is very different from maybe a smaller regional health system. And so it really depends on where the organization is, how, how it links to what their strategy is and what they want to do. But ultimately, our goal in, in any of this is how can we help them with, with kind of the broad overarching themes in healthcare around total cost of care, affordability access, and how does analytics enable those? And what role does can Optum really play in, in driving some of that for them? And so it, it ranges across all of those domains. That makes sense. There's definitely a wide range when we look at health systems and how far along they are on their digital transformation journeys. So as you look at these different organizations, whether it's smaller ones or more mature health systems, what are the most interesting stories of impact that Optum has had to drive down cost of care or improve patient outcomes? A big focus, as you heard me describe, is is really Optum's uh, market performance partnerships. And so um, one of our biggest partnerships we established was last year with um, John Muir Health System in the Bay Area. And this was this was really a one of a kind partnership where our teams effectively go over much of the the capability around revenue cycle, analytics, IT, some parts of clinical, and that fundamentally enabled a health system like Don Muir to stay independent um, in a fiercely kind of competitive market. And so for, for us, that was our ability to, to the conversation we've been having here is a lot of the core competency for John Muir was not in those, those core areas that we described. And, and Optum had the scale, had the depth, had the offshore capability, had the talent to really be able to take over those functions over a 10-year period where it made economic and financial sense for both John Muir and for Optum, for then John Muir to stay independent and then to focus on the areas that it really needed to. And so that that was a really, really exciting story for us. Um, and it's an area that Optum is um, exploring across geographies, across markets, where we can continue to help health systems that are um, that, 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 that are either trying to stay independent or are trying to grow and are, are doing well, but are just kind of stuck in difficult times that we live in today with, with COVID, with thinning margins, and, and they're looking for these, these large-scale partners that can help them continue to stay um, 
uh, independent and continue to drive growth. Yeah, you mentioned revenue cycle and that just uh, jogged a thought, which was you mentioned that you guys are serving both health systems and health plans. And usually those people are on the opposite sides of the table when it comes to, you know, payments and billing and all of that. So how does that, how does that work? Is there sort of a separation in terms of the data that's being offered to each group? Or how do you guys think about making sure that you're serving and putting the needs of the customer you're working with before other needs? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good question. So we the way we've organized ourselves within Optum Insight in particular is there's market-facing business units. And so we have a payer business unit, a provider business unit, life sciences, and government. Um, and <clears throat> everything that we do in the in the revenue cycle and revenue cycle outsourcing space is really led by our provider business unit. And so uh, there's there's really, um, if you will, almost like a wall between how we're approaching our clients in the provider space and how we're approaching our, our customers and clients in the payer space. And similarly, as you think about our broad, the broader question around we're sister company to United Healthcare, and so it's very, very important to us that as we think about revenue cycle and providing that service and that outsource capability for health systems, that we make it very clear that no data is shared across the wall and that it's very confined within what we're doing with specifically within the provider realm. Got it. Um, so in recent years, and shifting gears a little bit, we've seen an increasing number of other healthcare data analytics startups that have been gaining a lot of positive press and momentum. And so can you help us understand a little bit more about the actual landscape of healthcare analytics? How should we be thinking about what Optum is doing versus some of these earlier stage startups that are also bringing together different sources of clinical data and claims data and offering that perhaps to health plans and health systems as well? That's a great question. Healthcare digital and analytics startups uh, have, have really uh, grown and have, have re- has been really impressive to kind of see the, fo- the focus areas um, over the last several years. I, I will say man- many of these uh, startups, uh, if you will, are, are really focused on, I would say, specific subsets within healthcare. I'll just throw out a couple examples. For example, there's digital therapeutics. So how, how do you use wearables to fundamentally change behavior and connect patients to the right care provider to drive improvements in wellness? There, there's other startups that are that are focused on maybe a specific disease area, um, such as oncology, which I know you're familiar with, and, and where there's a, a huge opportunity to mine unstructured medical data using NLP techniques and, and, and really to get at precision medicine. And so these are these are very, uh, I would say, specialized areas in some way. And so if you think about Optum's role in, in all this, Optum really has an end-to-end spectrum view on analytics across the health system. And so, so much of this is driven by the data assets that we have, but it, it includes everything that we've talked about in terms of the range of capabilities across payer, provider, life sciences. But importantly, a big part of what we do is also to scan the market to better understand how some of maybe some of these smaller startups could fit into our broader analytic portfolio. And so if you even look at recently in the last couple of years, Optum's made investments into these smaller startups or even acquired some of them in the last couple of years. And so if you think about uh, Rally Health, which is we recently acquired in, in, I believe, 2014 or 15, is a digital health wellness platform. Um, Vivify, Vivify Health is, some, is something that we acquired in 2019, which is a remote patient monitoring uh, 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 company, and it's provided on connecting devices and other tech 
technologies to track at-risk patients at home. And then Bowie Healthcare, which we invested in 2017, developed an artificial intelligence-powered digital health assistant that helps patients better understand their symptoms and get advice on where to go. So point I'm making is there's, there's a number of these smaller startups that are doing some really, really innovative stuff in, in maybe specialized ways, as I, as I described. But a lot of what Optum is doing is building that end-to-end portfolio of analytics and looking at these startups in ways that either we invest in or, or possibly acquire to just kind of continue to refine and, and bring together our full portfolio. You guys have been quite acquisitive. I've been keeping <laughs> up. So um, that's very exciting. And when you bring these new startups in, are you keeping them mostly independent or are you sort of integrating some of their offerings into what Optum is then bringing to health systems as a package perhaps? Yeah, some of these continue to stay independent. Uh, it's kind of a, a bit of a strategic question in terms of how we bring them to our our customers. Um, Rally Health is is something that remains largely independent in our organization. Some of the other ones, particularly some of the revenue cycle acquisitions, uh, get get immediately put into our Optum Three Hundred and Sixty business some of the products we acquire immediately immediately go to our portfolio. So it totally ranges based on what the acquisition is and what's the value of keeping it independent versus integrating it into our broader kind of commercial portfolio. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense from a strategic M&A perspective that the revenue cycle management companies that have similar assets or business models are being integrated into Optum 360, whereas the new business models such as Rally or Vivify are kept separate in order to retain that unique value proposition. In terms of some of the the cool tech advancements you're seeing as you do these market scans, what are some of the advancements you're really excited about? You think are at the frontier, pushing the industry forward? Yeah, I would say there there are likely two that come to mind for me. One is is really in the space of being able to rapidly analyze structure and baseline uh, large data sets. Um, that come from different places. And so what I mean by that, if you think about clinical data and claims data, genomics data, social determinants of health data, I don't think there's a perfect answer in terms of being able to stitch all of these data assets together and get a complete view of a patient or a member or a population, but we're increasingly getting better at that. And I think our ability to do that totally transforms how we view where there's opportunities, who's at risk, how to, how to, how to think about precision medicine, all, all of those areas. And so I think there's a huge opportunity there. I think there's been some great advancement in that space. I think there's continued opportunity as you think about Path Forward. The second one that comes to mind, I would say, is something that's been out there for a while, but um, I'm seeing increasingly in healthcare in particular, uh, an opportunity where it's, it's fundamentally changing how we approach um, uh, uh, analytics uh, development for particular. This is uh, the, the area is particularly around how we adopt secure cloud infrastructure to to really kind of create a workbench and ingest uh, data, run algorithms, deploy models to test to test models, train models, and and to do it in a very nimble kind of quick way. Um, that again, a lot of organizations, particularly in healthcare, are still moving in that direction. I know other industries obviously have been in the cloud for many years, um, and this this is just something that I'm seeing um, as a, as a real kind of differentiator as you think about as you think about the analytic construct of the of the platforms many health systems have. 
there's a need to become much more modern. Um, and most of the chief analytics officers I've spoken to uh, across health systems um, continue to focus on this being a major issue for them. And I think the advancement in the space is, is just going to be continually needed as, as health systems kind of modernize their, their, their platforms. And Optum's role in that is to deploy, help them deploy like this full workbench or... Yeah, part of it is that. I think part of it is also how do we kind of co-invest with them into these analytic um, uh, tech infrastructures so that they're able to uh, get the capital they need to deploy this. A big kind of focus area for us is how do we how do we build that construct, that plug and play kind of platform that could be used by our customers. Um, and so some of that is obviously going to be unique to each customer, right, based on the the, the tech ecosystem that they have. Um, but some of it is also our ability to be able to scale that and take that across different clients. And so it's it's really to kind of co-develop, co-advance and co-invest. Yeah, that's exciting. It feels like some of these advancements in terms of, you know, cloud and modeling and those analytic capabilities are in a way democratizing access and making it easier for health systems, hopefully to, to modernize and go along that journey. So what are the what are the current initiatives that you're leading and most excited about? Yeah, the, the big one that I, I alluded to a little earlier is is really how does Optum uh, establish partnerships, 10-year long partnerships in analytics with health systems? And that that's that's the biggest area that I, I I'm overseeing right now is as you think about Optum's multi-pillar part market performance partnerships with providers and health systems, how do you construct those deals? How do you construct those partnerships? How does Optimad value? What does it mean for the health system? And then the area that I'm particularly overseeing is the analytics piece. And so this is an evolving kind of area of investigation. So obviously there's the cost side of it where with our scale and our and our access to talent and our and our offer capabilities, there, there's probably something that Optum can do at a lower cost um, compared to the health system. But I think importantly, the second piece of it is really the enabling capability that Optum brings to the table. And so part of what we're working on is how can we deploy our data scientists who have developed hundreds and hundreds of kind of machine learning and deep learning algorithms um, and and enable health systems that maybe don't have access to that talent or don't have access to those models. How, How can we take some of our, our, our really deep actuarial experts that understand how to embark on value-based care and help health systems think about risk arrangements, how to think about what type of risk to take, how much risk to take, where to take risk as they think about embarking on that journey, which is increasingly important. Um, and then obviously we talked about the consumer analytics side. So how do you how do you think about social determinants of health? And if there's certain patients in this particular population that have a propensity to engage more so than others or that feel socially isolated and how do you engage those and so we have all of these core capabilities and propensity models and part of what we do is um, how do we deploy those to help these these health systems over a 10-year journey and, and some of this stuff isn't isn't maybe stuff that all health systems are ready to embark on right away but it's something that as you think about a 10-year partnership there's a cost side of it, as we talked about, but perhaps in year three or year four or year five, they'll they'll have the infrastructure, the baseline, the foundation to be able to deploy some of these more innovative capabilities that um, we, we can bring to the table. And so that that's a big kind of initiative I'm focused on right now is 
is, is establishing these partnerships, continuing to drive value in that space. Um, and it's just been very, very exciting because there's a huge need in the market. Yeah. And I imagine, especially with things like social determinants of health, this is something that's probably been catalyzed further or accelerated in terms of the priorities of health systems given COVID. Um, what other changes have occurred in the conversations you've had with health systems um, now since the pandemic has hit? Obviously, this goes back to uh, the shift that health systems are having to make to focus on services to, to provide care for patients who have COVID and really taking away from other non-essential services that they typically provide. And so that fundamentally changes how the, the financial kind of um, scenarios in which a health system uh, considered that it would be um, considered itself in over the next several years. And so part of what part of what our role in this is to help health systems really model out what we think will happen with COVID and and how what that means for their kind of financial uh, picture going forward. And I think importantly within that is what we really talked about, which is how do you how do you really utilize your ability to understand what patients are going through from a from a telehealth perspective and getting care virtually to understanding what the patients are thinking about in terms of what what's the right care you need to get at the right point in time um, and and to make sure that's happening with the right place with the right care giver um, and so we a lot of the analytics that we've been talking about is to help enable some of that thinking right because it's it's fundamentally changed literally overnight from patients coming in to get care to telehealth and um, a big question that i will continue to have is how do we monitor that to ensure that especially those patients who are at higher risk are getting the medication or getting the care at the right point in time. It's the, and it's, it's something that I think providers are, are going to continue to have to keep a close eye on um, as, as I, I don't anticipate things as everyone hears necessarily changing for um, at least until the middle of 2021. So it's something to, that will, everyone will have to watch very carefully. Yeah. I'm also curious if a lot of these analytics offerings that you're helping them or deploying have helped any health systems shift into more of a value-based um, care payment contract and have a, sort of enabled them or empowered them to take on more risk because they're they're understanding, you know, how to deliver care and what those outcomes are and how to manage that risk better. Yeah, it, it's a really great question. So I, my, my take on this is that I don't know if the pandemic has accelerated the pursuit of value-based care for health systems, but unlike many other services or focuses that have been deprioritized, my read is that providers are still continuing their path towards value-based care. And so what I mean by that is if this is something that they determined a couple of years ago, it's not something they're stopping because they see the importance of it. And so you're, you're right. A lot of the, the analytics and the actuarial help we, we provide is still continuing and it will still continue at the pace of that hasn't slowed down. I don't necessarily, I haven't personally seen that as a result of the pandemic, should we take on more risk? Cause I think it's just, the, everything is just moving so fast that I haven't seen it necessarily. And maybe that's something six months down the road that we'll see, but right now it's not something that I've seen necessarily accelerate coming out of this over the last few months. Yeah, like so many of these health systems are just laser focused on trying to get volumes back in and managing staffing and capacity, I'm sure, with, with COVID. So it's it's definitely a tough time with a lot of cost pressures as well. Um, 
when you zoom out and think about digital health and you know, pre-COVID currently also, are there areas outside of analytics that you're excited about um, you think could be really interesting and we should be watching closely in the next, say, five to 10 years? You know, it's something we mentioned a few minutes ago, or we discussed a few minutes ago. I'm very keen to see, uh, as you think about the shift towards telehealth, particularly for providers, I'm, I'm keen to see how much this fundamentally just changes how we provide care going forward, period. And so what I mean by that is, I think the assumption is that this telehealth thing is an interim uh, type uh, uh, solution where while, while, while we get through the pandemic, but I think what'll be interesting to watch over the next few years is how does this just totally change when patients get care, how they get care, and, and is telehealth get to stay at the same levels that it's at right now? I, I think that's that's probably one aspect of it. And then the second aspect that I'd be really keen to evaluate is how does this change behaviors in patients? Uh, and, and you heard me describe like the higher risk population a few minutes ago. But uh, if if you're a higher if you're a higher risk patient and you're you're all of a sudden getting telehealth care, uh, how does it maybe change your willingness to take your medication or get care at the right time? And how does that fundamentally shift? where a, a provider should be focused going forward. So these are just two kind of broad trends, and I think they're both related to the telehealth angle um, that, that we're talking about that I, I, I'd, be, I'd be kind of closely watching here over the next few years. And, and um, I know many health systems are, are asking us um, in particular, if you think about um, telehealth, there's one aspect of it that's focused on just how do we monitor what's happening with telehealth? So from the data and analytics perspective, let's just kind of shine a, a light on how much are we doing, what's working, what's not working, how do we actually continue to get value from this going forward and patients continue to get the care they want. There's that There's that um, pillar of it. The second pillar of it is really future looking. So how do you take everything we know about your population and your patients, uh, integrate it with our uh, AI and, and machine learning models to better predict where telehealth needs will be in a population and how do you then prepare for that and deploy that in advance. And so that's kind of the other futuristic angle that I'd be curious to look at. There's so many startups now that I almost feel like it's like death by a thousand point solution sometimes, especially I imagine from the perspective of a self-insured employer, a buyer in the HR group, you know, or even a health system who's looking at all these different solutions. I feel like Optum could be uniquely positioned to almost be like a system integrator and help bring out some of these new technologies, whether it's in telehealth or managing higher risk patients, layer in analytics and and sort of cohesively help health systems move forward in these areas. Is that the way you guys are discussing this when you think about these other advancements or how do you guys talk about some of these bigger trends? Yeah, to to totally. And I, and I think Optum has a has a we have a ventures group that looks at a lot of these startups and and organizations that are are doing some of this innovation in the space dandy and, and that's um you're you're absolutely right i think given the scale that optum brings i think having access to some of these newer innovative innovative technologies that are out there and being able to drive exactly what you just said is is totally a focus area of ours. And so we're, as you heard me describe earlier, it's it's just a big focus of us to be able to scan the market, understand who's doing this well, um, see if there's an opportunity for us to do that 10X 
and and scale it for all health systems. And that's that's just such a big focus of ours. What do you have um, advice wise for people who want to get into the space? Do you do you recommend them go the consulting route like you did and then transition out or start early, go to somewhere that they're really passionate about in terms of the mission and and what the impact that they're hoping to have on healthcare? You know, it's I don't know if there's a, a right particular answer on this. I think what you just described, uh, my, my gut reaction is find something that you're really passionate about within healthcare. Healthcare is really big. It's really complex. There's a lot of different areas. There's a lot of different expertise uh, that's needed. Find something that you're really excited about. Go deep in it. Get familiar with it. Network your network with the right folks in that space, and 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 do something that you're really passionate about. Something where you really want to have an impact. There's there's so many areas to have an impact in the space. Find that and find how it links to your excitement. I think I think that's for sure one path you can go, and it's one that I'd highly encourage. I, I think the consulting path is great in many ways too. It's a little bit different in that it trains you how to think, as as you know. Um, it trains you how to think. It trains you how to break down problems. It gives you access to a variety of different kind of ways senior executives think in these industries. And so there's a great learning from that lens as well. And so if there's if there's individuals that are going down the path of consulting, I think um, I would highly encourage that you do a, a breadth of kind of projects and programs where you understand how to do a, an M&A diligence, or you understand how to do a product entry uh, growth strategy, or you understand how, to, how organizations embark on digital transformations at a, at a huge kind of pharmaceutical uh, company. And so that will give you also kind of the breadth and, and expertise of, of how things are shaping up in the industry and, um, and, and where maybe you want to focus in terms of your interests. Yeah, playing out the recommend the first recommendation around following your passion, finding that organization. I think a common fear that a lot of my peers in MBA programs have is that if they go first into, say, a revenue cycle management role at a company and and really focus in on developing skills and expertise in that space, that in a way that it might silo them and not allow them to be as transferable, or say you want to focus on a disease area and you get really, really expert in on oncology. Does that, do you feel like those, those paths or those decisions ever limit your ability to work around the, the ecosystem or uh, more broadly in the industry? I don't think so. I, I, I actually understand the concern, right? I, I was I was there at one point where I, th- there's a concern that, hey, if I just do tech or I just do analytics, is that all I'm going to be known for? I, I think so much of this is around getting exper- getting experience um, and get and getting the right people around you that you can you can get to know and understanding that specific domain and, and area and and really figuring out if that's what you want to do. So if you go to a revenue cycle company, Yes, you'll be more marketable for another revenue cycle company, but I think you'll also have a purview of the broader health health system landscape and and understand the different touch points in there. And I and I and I think my encouragement is do that if you're excited about it. Don't necessarily do that if you from the standpoint of if you think you'll be pigeoned, but you you are excited about it, but you think you'll be pigeoned in it because I, I think there'll be plenty of opportunities if you decide that you do that for two years and maybe it's not the best fit for what you want to do. 
for you to, to, to pivot and do something else in healthcare. I've, I've seen many stories like that. And I know many folks that um, have worked in a very niche kind of specific area within analytics, within healthcare, but then go and take other, other roles that are more product focused or more strategy focused. And there's a lot of pivoting within this healthcare um, world. So I, I wouldn't stress too much. I'd, I'd focus, like you said, focus on what you're excited about, what you're passionate about, go do that and then figure out if that's something you actually do want to go deeper in or, or you can pivot out of there. That gives me solace and optimism. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, thank you so much, Tushar, for spending the last almost hour with us. Um, it's been great to have you on the show. It's been very inspiring to hear your perspectives about analytics and what Optum is doing to help health systems and health plans. Um, any, any last words you want to share with the audience before we hop off? No, th- thank you so much for having me. Uh, hopefully this was a useful dialogue uh, and uh, I wish you all the best of, of luck as, as I embark on, on your healthcare journeys. Um, and as I, said, as, I, as I mentioned a few times, find, find something you're excited about and, and go after it. There's plenty of opportunity out there for us to have an impact. Amazing. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.